This episode is brought to you by Seed. Did you know that supporting your health can be as easy as taking two capsules a day? Each daily dose of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is formulated with 24 scientifically studied probiotic strains that support gut, skin, and heart health, helping you start the new year off right. Visit seed.com slash Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. TMZ Live, Harvey Levin here, and Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, Charles here, Merry Christmas. So Oprah Winfrey has made a confession mm-hmm. um, that uh, she has lost a lot of weight, 40, 40, pounds. Pounds. About 40 uh, pounds, the Sam Asghari way, maybe? Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> um, it turns out that it's not all diet and exercise with her. She is now admitting that she is taking a weight loss drug. Right, uh, possibly Ozempic. We don't know exactly which one she didn't say, but here's what she did say. Well, before we get into what she did say, I wanna get the overarching point here, which mm. is she is sick of being shamed right. for losing weight this way, and she wants to open that door for everybody. Well, this is what she said to People Magazine. She said, I now use an unnamed weight loss drug as I feel I need it as a tool to manage not yo-yoing. The fact that there is a medically approved prescription for managing weight and staying healthier in my lifetime feels like relief, like redemption, like a gift, and not something to hide behind and once again be ridiculed for. I'm absolutely done with the shaming from other people and particularly myself. I think so, this is so interesting. Um, and I, I, I gotta say, um, there is, there has been this element of shame because we hear it in the office. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody took Ozempic as if it's cheating or whatnot. And I think this is a really important thing to talk about. And the person we want to talk to about it is Dr. Terry Dubrow from Botched, who knows all about this drug, who deals with this professionally. And he is our friend and he's joining us again. Terry, uh, welcome back to TMZ Live. It's great to see you guys. You know, I'm so happy to talk about this. I wish we had an hour because this is the biggest medical breakthrough in history. And it's about time that we stop this Ozempic shaming. It's about time that celebrities who have lost all this weight, who formerly were cherubic or had troubles with weight loss, now they're suddenly thin and blaming it on hormones or menopause or working out really hard. It's about time that we all admit it's due to these miracle weight loss drugs. You have to understand, guys, that 71% of this country is clinically obese, and it's the number one risk factor for the top four causes of death, which are cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, cancer, and diabetes. And Terry, it was also a huge factor in COVID deaths. Absolutely, and finally, it takes someone, a gigantic celebrity, I've been waiting for this to happen, to admit that they've used these miracle weight loss drugs to lose weight. You have to understand, obesity is a disease. Would you ever shame someone for taking insulin for diabetes, for taking a blood pressure medication for hypertension? Finally, Oprah has come out and admitted, and by the way, 
I think of all the wonderful things that Oprah has done in her career for health and wellness and mental well-being, this is going to be the most significant. She is going to save lives. The other important thing you need to understand is we need to have a dialogue about these miracle weight loss drugs because they are not without side effects. They are not without their dangers. And if we discuss, as we discover how to use them properly in the normal clinical setting, they'll be a lot safer. We understand, look, they've been around for years for diabetes, but they've just been recently approved for weight loss. And I can tell you, I'm sure she's on a medication called Monjaro, which is sort of the new double uh, drug approach to Ozempic. It's Ozempic and another drug. It's extraordinarily effective. After using it, studies have shown 21% weight loss with its use. And most people have minimal side effects like diarrhea and constipation. You guys got to understand, you can't drink a lot of alcohol when you're on these. And you got to up your protein intake because you lose more lean muscle mass than you do on a normal diet. And you have to do resistance training. So finally, thank you, Oprah. In the immortal words of Lizzo, it's about damn time that someone's discussing these drugs. All right. I, I did not expect you to quote Lizzo when we had this conversation. So, <laughs> Terry, how does, it, how does it work exactly? So this, the, the uh, dual drug you're talking about, how exactly is it that you're losing this weight? Because I think that makes a difference to people, and that's, Kind of why people have said it's cheating, because maybe they don't understand exactly what's happening in the body. It's not cheating, but what it is, these are gut hormones. Their primary clinical effect is they act as an appetite suppressant on the brain, but they do much more. Because when you look at people who are on these drugs who eat a certain number of calories and people who are not on these drugs and eat the same amount of calories, it seems you're losing weight faster when you take these drugs. So it's having effects on sugar metabolism, on insulin secretion. I'm convinced that has something to do with the metabolic reactions in the body and it speeds them up in a very helpful way. So it's mainly an appetite suppressant, but you have to understand there are side effects. You have to be very careful how to use them. A lot of people, almost 30% will have a low grade nausea as they're using them. And as opposed to diabetes, which you're basically on it for the rest of your life, you can safely go on and off these drugs, but you have to learn how to do it properly. I do have one thing I want to say, and I agree with you. Good on Oprah for saying this, and especially for saying, I will not be shamed. But when she started losing this weight, after she, I think she had a knee replacement, uh, she was talking about exercise, she was going hiking, she was going to eat healthier. And when you look at her statement, she didn't say she lost the weight with this drug. She said this is her maintenance program because she doesn't right. want to yo-yo. I think go a step further and say, yeah, use it for losing weight too because that's what works. And she didn't go that far. And I don't know. I mean, she intimated before she lost it with diet and exercise, but there should be no difference between maintenance and actually losing it, right? I agree with you. Look, she didn't go that way before because she was embarrassed. There was a lot of Ozempic-type shaming. Uh, she didn't feel comfortable. And be honest, it's her private medical information. Does she really have to tell us exactly how she's doing things to her body? But at the end of the day, it's time we talk about this. It is here to stay. 
It truly is a miracle medical breakthrough. I'm just glad that she's doing it now because it's so impactful. It's so important. And if you can get this country to use these medications in a safe way and lose weight, you know, recent articles in the New England Journal of Medicine have been shown. It not only helps you with weight loss, it helps patients with congestive heart failure. It helps people with fatty infiltration causing liver disease. And it's actually helping people with significant kidney disease. So it's going above and beyond just the cosmetic effects of weight loss. So if you want to lose weight, if you need to lose weight, go speak to your doctor and talk about getting on these drugs because the best thing you can do for your longevity and to live as long as you possibly can is to not only exercise and eat right, but is to lose body fat. So this is critically important. All right. I think the important thing you stress there is talk to your doctor about it. Make sure that you're using it right. properly. But right. Uh, you're right. It is an incredible breakthrough. Happy uh, holidays, by the way. Happy holidays. Thanks so much for being with us, Terry. Always great to see you. Thanks for having me. And everybody, if you go on it, talk to your friends about it. Celebrate it. This is a Christmas gift to all of us or a Hanukkah <laughs> gift to me. So thank you for having me on, you guys. Thank great you. to see really you Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Terry. Okay, we're going to move on. Do you want to hear Sydney Sweeney scream bloody murder? Uh, sure. You're in luck. Uh, because of something that happened on the set of her uh, romantic comedy, Anyone But You... Uh, they were shooting this down in Australia, uh, she and Glenn Powell, and there's a scene where she's supposed to pretend that she's being bitten by a huntsman spider. If you've seen the videos of these down in Australia, they are terrifying to look at. So she's got one on her wrist, and again, she's supposed to act like it bit her. She says it actually did bite her, and this is what happened. Yeah, wow, Glenn Powell to the rescue. Yeah, Glenn Powell was all over it. But you gotta say, Glenn was probably thinking that she was supposed to act like it's biting her. But then her. she said, no, he's really biting me. So then you could yeah, tell that it actually happened. He's like, she's really overacting in this romantic comedy. And also, you didn't hear the director yell cut, so Glenn can't jump in. He's got to, listen, until the director says cut, he's got to act you like can't this is do real. No, that's ridiculous, you say Those that. are the rules what, on the you set. You see somebody falling off a cliff, you're not, you can't help him. And you don't like, know if that's a stunt oh or something, God. and the director's got something worked out. He said, he's really biting me. What else <laughs> do you need to know? Oh, my God. Hi, my name's Zach Ross, calling from Porterville, California. And it's ironic, because they said it was a trained spider, and she really had me fooled. I mean, I thought she was acting as well. But, you know, I guess that really kind of sets things up for that upcoming movie. Um, I guess she's Madame Spider, right? So, you know, maybe it's just things manifesting itself. Oh, so this so, spider helped. Oh, her, the spider was auditioning. The, right. The spider was like, come that's on. I heard, you, I heard you got this role. You got to give me. That's exactly it. <laughs> so I'm method acting here. Ouch. <laughs> David Beckham's life is um, the subject of a. Pretty good uh, documentary from what I hear. I have getting not seen a it yet. A lot of good buzz. A lot of people talking about this. It is covers his entire life from his childhood, his upbringing, to, of course, becoming a global superstar and being married to Victoria, um, Posh Spice. And um, there's something they clearly disagree on uh, because part of David's story is that he came from very humble beginnings. Which is uh, true. Yes. Which is true. Absolutely That's true. The question, what about... Victoria. Right, because you look at Victoria and you think, oh, she's just always been posh. 
At least that's how we've always known her. So she tells a slightly different story. She thinks she came from a working class background. And David Beckham begs, begs to, to differ. differ and says... Begs to differ out loud in a very funny way. Yeah. I just fancied it. I mean, it was as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I think also we both come from families that work really hard. Both of our parents work really hard. We're very working, working class. Be day. honest. I, I am being Be honest. honest. I am being what honest. What did your dra- dad drive you to school in? So my dad. Did, no, one answer. My dad. What well, car was it? It's not a simple answer what because. What car? What did you get your dad to drive? It you depends. To school in? No, 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 no. Okay, what in car? the eighties, my dad had a Rolls Royce. Thank you. <laughs> and he just dips out. He's like, "All right, my work is done here. Game set match, right? <laughs> not necessarily. I, I listen. I, I, I was with her when she said we're both from families that work very hard." And he didn't say anything at that point. It's only when she said working class. Right. Working class and Rolls Royce don't connect. Correct. You can be hardworking and have a, a That's Rolls right. Royce. But you can't but be you're working, not working class, class and Rolls Royce. Right. Well, a lot of people online are like really torn about this moment because some people are applauding David, saying like, good, he put her in her place, like made her tell the truth. But then like you have the other hand of like Spice Girl fans that are like, Oh no, he better not try to come in there and tell her what to do because also, also she has talked about this in the past. She has talked about how she was like a little embarrassed by her family's wealth, that her dad did have this roles back in the day and that she would like beg her dad to drop her off like down the street from her school because she didn't want to pull up in it. But here's the thing, he did own a business, which wasn't like, you know, it's not like he just sat back and relaxed. Like he did actually work. He owned um, a wholesale business of electronics. Electronics. He was a hardworking guy. He wasn't a working class guy. And that's the difference. It's like, but that's why she said, like, there's no, there's not an easy answer. Like, there's yeah, there is. No, there's, no, there's totally easy. Easy answer. Don't He's a hardworking guy, but not a working class. Hardworking guy, very successful. But David's parents, on the other hand. That's the way she should have I said I mean, it. these cars cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, but I don't know, maybe it could have been a know. used one. I yes, know. Yes, it could have been like they, an older one. But they cost so only still $80,000 to $100,000. <laughs> and, you know, and remember, this is back then that it cost that kind of money. So, look, I mean, no shade on her. It's really interesting that it seems like she doesn't want people to know because they right. think she's lesser if she came from some sort of money. Like her story's not as impressive right. if she came from money. I, I, that's, that's a weird thing. It seems thing. like that's her that's, But that's a weird thing up. to me. It's a weird, I mean, yeah, you wanna, you know, is she self-made, is she not self, I get it. But if you're, you know, from a family of means, hey, good on you, man. Hi there, I'm Kate. I'm from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And David was really giving investigative journalism when he was trying <laughs> on the <laughs> But, um, you know, Victoria was Posh Spice before she was ever Victoria Beckham, so good for her. And she's a Spice Girl at the end of the day. She she made her money herself. That's true. But so admit that you didn't come from a, you know, you were from a family that had some means. It's not a big deal. Okay, we got to move on. I had no idea Cardi B had this fascination. Yes. Dead presidents. <laughs> Dead, one in particular. So Cardi was on the Hot Ones uh, show. This is the YouTube show, you know, where they eat um, hot wings or hot chips. Uh, and they see how, how far you can go. But, and then talk about things that the celebrities find interesting. 
Cardi's interest is one particular president. <laughs> um, and when you think about it, before we tell you who it is, it's not, it's not somebody you're going to guess no, immediately. No, it's so before her lifetime. But, well, so is Lincoln. Uh, yeah, but, that's, but true. that's true. But when you really drill down, it makes a whole lot of sense. He was a transformative president, one of, one of the five biggest transformative presidents Indeed. in this country. What stays in my mind for a long time is that I went to FDR's house. If anybody loves me, know me, I love FDR. You love FDR? Yes, and I love Eleanor Roosevelt. She had a very sad life. And like, when I went to her uh, her house, well, she, she had different house from her from her husband because, you know, um, FDR mama, she was always around, like, and she didn't really like that. Like, Eleanor wanted her space. Just like me, I want my own space all the time. I'm obsessed with World War II. Like, I love World War I. Like, you know, I like reading about that, but World War II, like, I'm obsessed with just learning everything about it. So for me to be in the same room that Churchill and FDR was discussing the nuke, it's like, it was just such a moment for me. Wow. I just got to say, I would. she is so interesting. She, probably more than any other celebrity, surprises me every time. All the time. You just think, oh, there's nothing Cardi B can do that's, or say that's going to surprise you. And then she, amazing, does that. Hey, guys. Candace from Foxborough, Massachusetts. You took the words right out of my mouth. Cardi's crazy. <laughs> she just says the most random things. She's so funny but i mean that's the last thing i expected to come out of her mouth on hot ones honestly i love it i love that she feels this this connection to history speaking of which uh -huh. the history channel reached out to her yeah they actually posted something and said uh, it seems like you might have a history career in your future cardi b uh and she saw that <laughs> what so a great host of a history channel show that would be amazing that would be Fabulous. Do it. That's fabulous. <laughs> the okay. world according to Cardi. To say that this is a treat, what we're about to do is the grossest understatement. I, I am so excited. how he's jumping out of his skin already. <laughs> this has always been a point of contention for me in this office. I grew up watching the movie Airplane. I probably watched it one summer, like on VHS, maybe five dozen times. I have seen this a hundred times. And I love it. But it doesn't, my love for the movie does not compare to Harvey's love for it, who quotes it daily around here. So the fact that we can talk to two of the three masterminds mm. behind it today uh, is, like I said, an absolute treat. They and, have there's a, a and, this is, and this is an occasion because yes. of the book. There is a book out that is all about the making of it. Ugh. It's called Surely You Can't Be Serious, <laughs> The True Story of Airplane. And if you know the movie, you get the title. And if you don't, you should see the movie and then read the book. But and, uh, I'm so excited. Uh, Let's bring them on. Yes, joining us right now, uh, the co-directors, co-writers of the film, Jerry Zucker and Jim Abrams. Uh, welcome to TMZ Live. It is an honor to have you both here. A total honor. It's, a, it's great to have some place that's honored to have us. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very often, so this is great. Honestly, I'm kind of starstruck right now, so I'm, I'm just going to try. So the movie came out in 1980, and um, I, I will say, first of all, thank you. You have given me so many hours of pleasure with this movie, I, I can't even begin to tell you. But it was, God, it's been so long. Um, why'd you wait so long for a story like this that I wanted to read like 30 years ago? 
I think we just had um, better things to do. And, uh, <laughs> so, They've done other things besides airplane, yeah. <laughs> and, and probably some of it, I know some of it had to do with the fact that we've been as stunned and pleased as anyone by how long the movie has stayed around and remained popular and everything. And I think we all kind of had this desire to write this book in case someday any of our kids or our grandkids want to know what happened all those years ago. So when you did this movie, I mean, it's so funny because I, I think about it all the time. I mean, that scene in particular. Um, yeah, we'll get to that scene. <laughs> you, you couldn't do that today. And I'm wondering if that was, it, it didn't occur to me back then. For that, those who don't know, we're talking about the jive, the jive talk scene. With Barbara right. Billings. Yes. Like. So um, was there discussion even way back then about, gee, can we push the envelope this far? Or was comedy so fundamentally different that you could do anything as long as there was humor as the underpinning? I don't think we've ever worried about good taste, Harvey. You know, <laughs> just, uh, but, but we really, we, we um, you know, then it, that jive talk was popular. We had, we'd all seen the movie Shaft. And uh, we we couldn't uh, understand anything that they were saying, but it occurred to us that we were the clueless ones. Uh, and I actually think we could do this today, except that jive is no longer current. But but when this came up, black audiences loved it. You're right. You could do it today. You could absolutely do it today. Just it, the the slang is different, but uh, you would have. There are things that people say today that you wouldn't understand and it would be the same thing. We went to see the movie when it first came out in 1980 with an entirely black audience. And I think maybe we were a little apprehensive when that scene, those scenes came up. But in fact, they laughed harder than the white audiences because the joke is uh, not that they speak jive, but the joke is, this stupid white guy didn't understand translation. It. Yeah. And that Barbara Billingsley is the one who has to translate <laughs> is also part of And you just the can't find anybody better than Barbara <laughs> Billingsley. I'm sorry. You just cannot find anybody better than so, her. So, by the way, one of the things in the book, so we should get to the book, is really about everything behind the scenes and making it. Uh, and I, I saw that one of the things you get into there is who actually wrote that scene um, and what went into that. Like, I, I, maybe that's part of what you guys were just saying, that when you sat down to write it, did you feel like we want to say this? We want it to. We know what we want it to be. How do we make sure the audience doesn't misunderstand it? Well, we just wrote like Mosho Fumawafa. I mean, we just it was just nuts and uh, uh, nothing. And when um, uh, Norm uh, Gibbs and Al White came in, we kind of you know apologized to them that this was the best that three white Jewish guys from Milwaukee could do. But you know, <laughs> could they? you know, um, help us with it. And and they wrote everything. I mean, they they wrote all this uh, jive and uh, and also taught Barbara Billingsley how to say jive. They wrote her part. And and uh, 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 and it was a really funny to I remember being on the set and seeing Al White <laughs> teaching Barbara Billingsley to speak jive. <laughs> That's that. the video that needs to, that's the video that's we right. need to see. Well, guys, congratulations. The book is out now. But I, I had a question I just wanted to ask both of you because I have, maybe it's a different answer. Um, when people 
see your name and they realize who you are, what line do they throw at you most from airplane? They usually ask me if I've ever seen a god man naked. I did that in the office. Yeah, you do, we and it's inappropriate. In the and it's inappropriate. <laughs> well, I had a friend ask me if I had any good <laughs> material. <laughs> okay, I have, we've been in the show for a long time. And I, 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 Charles knows, I mean, he's I, I bored to death that I tell him how much I love this movie. I got you two guys in front of us, okay? And I always wanted to do this. Oh, boy. And I'm going to do it. I have a confession for both you guys. Is this like a, 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 a Catholic confession? I, I have no idea what's about to happen. Sorry, guys. I got, I got a confession to make, guys. I got a drinking problem. <laughs> oh. What, what are you doing? What, what? <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes in Airplane. I'm sorry. Oh, boy. Someone get the blow dryer out here. What are you doing? I don't know. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, well, you did it. Now you're really a fan. Very few people <laughs> go that far. Thank you so much for being with us. It's an honor to have you. It is. The book is available now. Um, if you've seen the movie, you have to read this book, obviously. And if you haven't, for some reason, seen the movie... Do that and then get the book. Uh, Jerry, Jerry Zucker, Jim Abrams, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, guys. And uh, Thanks, guys. A Frontier Airlines flight turned into a, a sequel of The Exorcist, or at least one passenger on board thought that's what was going on when she observed another passenger completely losing it, melting down, but screaming, really melting down. Screaming, yeah. yelling, crawling over seats. Um, watch this bizarre. This was a flight from Houston to Denver. They ended up having to make an emergency landing in Dallas, uh, so they didn't get very far when all of this chaos started. Oh my God. That's not her. She's possessed. She needs help. And I'm sorry to say it like that. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Wow, if you're afraid of flying, the sermon breaks out. Oh my God. By the way, that woman who was, who was preaching there was earlier in the video, seemed like she was trying to get involved. I don't know if she was gonna lay hands on the passenger who was losing it. You know, guys, guys, we've seen some crazy plane fights in our day. We've seen screaming matches. We've seen people throw punches at each other. I don't think I've ever seen someone climb on top of the seats and crawl through the cabin. Uh, this woman was clearly uh, not well. And when the flight landed in Dallas, police immediately came on to the plane and escorted her out. Do we have any idea? I mean, was it that she was afraid of flying and freaked out or just had an episode? I think we need to have a psychological experiment on why so many people are losing their minds on planes. It seems like every couple months we see a video like this. It just doesn't make sense. It's actually every seems like every couple of weeks. Yeah. And why is it frontier? I mean, it's not always frontier, but we've seen a few. But, but I mean, if this is a mental health issue, 
Frontier and Spirit don't have, have a lock on those. It. Yeah, they don't right. have a lock on that. And what about everyone else who's just a bystander witnessing this? What is the proper protocol? No, here? the I proper like protocol you know- is put your head down, turn up your <laughs> turn up your headphones, get the noise canceling going. Do not get involved. I, I think it's terrifying, though. I mean, I, for for a, a Joe Blow sitting in a seat. And all of a sudden, seeing this kind of pandemonium? No, and, and actually, I should it's say, terrifying. what I was saying was that that was the way I always viewed it when I was on a New York City subway, and someone started losing. It's like, just but don't this, make eye contact. Know, but this, but is, this different. is different because you're in the, you're air. In the air. You're right. Hi, I'm Brittany, and I am in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I agree. These breakdowns on the planes are happening way too often. That lady was definitely going through it. Had I been on the plane... I would have definitely told her to sit down and shut up. I know the devil has to get frequent flyer miles too, but this is crazy. She should have been on Spirit Airlines if she wanted to be possessed that day. I'm just trying to get to my destination safely, and she's not making this possible at all. I get it. I want to be very clear. That feel, I feel like there's been some, <laughs> some negative things said about Spirit Airlines here, uh, and Frontier Airlines, they have no. That looked like plane a nice plane. Whatsoever. By the way, it looked like a nice plane. They are nice planes. Yeah, I the know. same planes that any other airline flies. I I don't get it. It's uh, weird things happen. We're gonna move on. Adele and her Dang. staunch defense of one of her fans. This is my favorite video. Uh, who was called out by security? So during her uh, Vegas residency, security went in to deal with a fan. This young man right here, who was um, distracting to say the least, other people in the audience. Um, one of them, had, someone else in the audience had come up to complain, he sat down for a bit, then he stood up, and then security stepped in. Well, Adele actually saw this happening from the stage, and... She defended the kid. Defended him, so here is Adele telling security to back off. Oh, yeah. What is going on with that young fan there? He's been bothered so much since I came on for standing up. What's going on with him? Yes, you, with a stick in your hand. Yes, him. So what's weird is so everyone's cheering when Adele says, hey, leave the guy alone. But They're everybody like, in the audience was complaining well, the audience the guy, complaining about him. The guy, the guy wasn't just singing. He was really loud. You heard Adele reference the guy with the stick in his hand. He had a, a selfie stick, and he was recording himself singing everything. really loud. Big Every deal. single lyric. Like, yeah, I was going to say it's not a church, although you even stand up in church. It's like listen to the music at home on your CD player if you want to be in silence. This is a concert. I guarantee Adele would like a lot more of those fans than the people who are just sitting on their butts I listening agree with to you. the music. Like, and, and I oh think that's why gosh. she defended him, Mike. I think I almost thought she wanted to make an example of him, not with security, but with the rest of the audience. Like, yeah, this guy's standing up, enjoying it. Leave him alone. And by the way, why aren't the rest of you standing up? I, I would love to know after this what the audience well, no, reaction no. Go, was like. Go back to the video of him. There were people standing. That's after like, the fact. They're standing now because she's in, in the middle of singling him out, saying, leave him alone, leave him alone. But a lot and they're of all standing, standing to look to see what's going on because uh, the music stopped. Yeah, they were, they were looking at the commotion. They sat down on their butts during the, the performance. Right. And uh, listen, this just brings up the, it's that debate about whether or not, how, how much should you or can you enjoy a concert um, you should enjoy, relative to you should, everyone around. You should enjoy it where it doesn't 
impact the person behind you. Well, what if I'm feeling it more what than heart? they That's are? That's silly. Should you, should you not go to a ball game, to a baseball game? This woman's like, sir, could you please? No, but there's a difference between like, first of all, you don't have to stand up when she's singing hello, okay? You just don't. It's not that I guarantee rousing. he did. I know he did. Yeah. But it's not that, it's a good <laughs> song. Still but singing. He's like, all right, I'll sit, but I I'm know, still going to sing. He's still going to sing. He j it's just annoying. I'm, I don't know. Okie doke. We're taking a break. All right. So when we come back, it is that time of year. A lot of people thinking about proposing. Should you go with lab-grown diamonds or the real deal? This is a big thing. I will and say it's those huge controversy. Yeah, the lab-grown they look really good. Though, do you tell the person that you're proposing to it ain't real? Hmm. I wonder how that would go over. We're going to talk to a diamond expert uh, when we come back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Everyone is excited about the holiday season. Did you know that this is also engagement season? I did not know this. I, so thought, I was doing a little I research. I thought like spring was in. No, most engagements that. happen uh, between November and Valentine's Day. I learned something today. Uh-huh. So uh, a lot of people may be thinking about making the big leap and spending a lot of money on a diamond ring. And or, 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 do you get a diamond straight from the ground or do you get these new lab-grown diamonds, which have become very popular, and I think you can see why. They are- They look like diamonds. They look like real diamonds, and I, I don't really know the whole process that goes into it. Do you call them real diamonds? Do you not call them real diamonds? To me, you, I would say it's not a real diamond. If you give somebody one of these, um, do you have to disclose that it's lab-grown yeah. instead of- Do you get a piece of paper? From like, the ground? Do you get a piece of paper to clarify? I'm serious, there are a lot of questions about this. Well, uh, we are not experts in the field, but uh, we have someone joining us who is. Jean Doucet, a great, great, Great-grandson, I believe, yep. of Cartier. So he knows the business, knows the diamond industry, and has his own shop here uh, where he has decided to sell exclusively. lab-grown diamonds. Yeah. How about that? Which I think that? is interesting. So uh, let's find out more. Jean Doucet, welcome to TMZ Live. Thank you. Good afternoon. Hi, guys. Hey, um, God, I've got so many questions about this. First of all, are these real diamonds? I yes. mean, I said that they're not in the in the tees there because I that's I how I feel. Oh, well, I didn't think they were either because I thought a diamond is something that comes from the ground, from yeah, the earth. Right. <laughs> so that, there's there's two myths that uh, people always ask: Is it a real diamond? Yes, it's exactly the same. As a matter of fact, lab-grown diamonds are graded exactly like natural diamonds on the same scale. Huh by the same organizations, Gemological oh. Institute of America, and it is a diamond, and I cannot tell them apart, nor the oldest, oldest, most seasoned diamond dealer, cutter, manufacturer really? in the world. Wow. This, this is, and this is why I made that pivot, because it is unmistakably a diamond. Oh, wow, all right. Talk, okay, talk, so. What about cost? I wanna know, like, is it, Cheaper? I mean, I know there are certain benefits here, but is it cheaper? Is it the same? What? 
Yeah, well, the, the, the first and foremost attractive thing about lab-grown diamonds is the value proposition. A lab-grown diamond is about 10 times less expensive than Ooh. a natural diamond. And if you ask me about my career, I sat in front of people that were just compromising, agonizing over the price of diamonds, which were sort of like obscene and keeping people away from enjoying the mystique and the beauty of diamonds. And then lab-grown has created this liberation. How do they even compete? Well, I think the diamond, natural diamond industry is in the fight for its life, really. Hmm. Because when you compare both, when people see it in person and they can compare and that there's nothing to compare, then they adopt lab-grown diamond at, a, at an incredibly high pace. And therefore, they're not interested in spending 10 times more for something that has been extracted from the ground, and that this is where we lead into the second part of why lab-grown are now cool. They're not trying to be something they're not. They're cool because they're not extracted from the ground. It removes the concern that people had about ethical and blood yeah. diamond. You must have heard about that. Right. So all of these questions are gone. The value proposition is irresistible, and these questions are out of the equation as well. I'm all so, in. So, so, okay, what about the controversy now? So if a guy um, asks a woman to marry him and presents a lab-grown diamond, does he have to disclose that this is a lab-grown diamond or can he be silent about it, hand the diamond over, and that's that? Well, I think that's, that's the really exciting part about all this. First of all, most couples shop together. So the man that's going to do this, this mission and buy a lab-grown diamond pretending it's a natural diamond, that really doesn't make sense anymore because generally speaking, this generation wants a lab-grown diamond. They're not trying to pretend mm. that it's a natural yeah. diamond. They just think it's actually cooler, better, cheaper to have okay. a lab-grown okay. diamond. Hold on. What about let's, the old let's, heads? Let's get, what let's, about the old yeah, heads? Let's get to second and third marriages. You're right, right, exactly. <laughs> same, same thing. Getting, I got crushed and killed the first time, the second time, and now I finally get to buy something that makes sense financially. Everybody is interested. Wow, I this love is, this conversation. I've so much. Yeah, that was great. Jean, I'm guessing uh, that business is pretty good at your, uh, your new <laughs> yeah. store in WeHo. Uh, it's just called Jean Dusset. <laughs> Thank Jean you. Dusset. Thank you, um, I Yeah. Thank I, you for having me. Oh, this nice is store. Beautiful store. All right. Jean, thank, thank you so much. This was great. a lot. Really thank appreciate it. Have a good afternoon. Lots to talk about with Jennifer Lopez after a big night for her uh, here in Hollywood. The L Women of the Year Awards went down and she got their Icon Award. But during her acceptance speech, um, she was grateful with an asterisk. You know, I don't have an Oscar and I don't have a Golden Globe and I don't have a Grammy, a SAG Award or a BAFTA or a Critics' Choice or um, a Hollywood Film Award. I do have a Palm Springs International Film Festival. But this is my fifth Icon Award. So as I stand here accepting this award, in awe that this is my life, I echo the words from the video that we just saw. Why can't we do all the things? 
I certainly have always believed and will always believe that we can, that all of you can, that I can. And I thank you for this honor and for seeing me. Was she, was this tongue in cheek or was it a grievance? No, I don't think it's a grievance. I think it's her being really honest that it upsets her that she doesn't have any of those things. But Charles. there's a difference. Let's, let's just call it. There's a difference between a magazine selecting you and giving you an award and your peers saying, yes, what you did is good enough. And that's what all those awards I, I, are. That's I get what Grammys, it. But does it, Emmys, does, does it crap on the current no, award a it little just, bit? It was her, while accepting their award, mm. she was honest about the fact that she feels slighted. And the honest truth is that she is an icon. And she, what she's saying in, in the speech is stating that she doesn't have an Oscar, she doesn't have a Grammy, nor a Tony, or anything like this. And yet we all in this room can consider her an, an icon. And that's what I think she's, she's well, getting okay, at. Well, okay, but Joseph, if you're right, then it's a grievance. Then it's a grievance. Yeah, I mean, no, she's saying, how can I be an icon if I haven't won an Oscar, I haven't won a Grammy? I, you know, it's like, no, it, because it the thing feels is that like she's... a grievance. Okay. I mean, she, she a few years ago, was very open about the fact she was disappointed that she didn't get the Oscar nomination for Hustler. uh, Hustlers. Um, so I get it, but it, it's just... When I, you're it's refreshingly honest, and we don't see that or hear it from celebrities that often. That's why I like Hello, I'm Brazezu from Oklahoma City. So... Jennifer Lopez, we're talking about Jennifer Lopez. I love her, love her so much. Um, Grammy or whatever award or not. So I think we have nothing to do and love, just breathe and love Jennifer Lopez. I wish she would have said Grammy shmammy. That would have been better. <laughs>